0: Welcome, I'm Lori Lee Benstock, host of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. At a time when mental health is becoming more concerning, alternative treatments for healing trauma are becoming more and more mainstream. 33 states, including the District of Columbia, all have access to medical marijuana and more are considering bills to do the same. From limited research, we know that it can reduce anxiety, inflammation, relieve pain, control nausea and vomiting, kill cancer cells and slow tumor growth but what can it do to treat trauma? Joining me today to help answer that question is Eduardo Cortina, licensed professional counselor and cannabis integrative somatic experiencing practitioner here to talk about the potential benefits of using cannabis as an add-on or adjunct to somatic therapy. Eduardo, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, first of all, I, you know, I did cover in season one somatic experiencing, but for some of my guests who may not have listened to that episode, can you talk a little bit about somatic experiencing?
1: Sure. Somatic experiencing is a trauma resolution technique developed by Peter Levine. And it's using body-based mindfulness techniques to address the, what we call implicit memories of trauma. So, there are two types of memory. There's explicit memory, which is things you can recall, and implicit memory, which some people also refer to as body memory. And with trauma, the implicit memory system is very involved. And so, somatic experiencing works on that level to resolve unresolved uh, fight, flight, or freeze responses that occur when we're traumatized or when we experience really stressful events that's the basics
0: I I was in treatment for trauma a residential treatment um, just last year and I had the opportunity to participate in somatic experiencing sessions twice a week and it was incredible I I've never actually heard of somatic experiencing before I went into treatment mm-hmm. um and so I felt that was that was actually life-changing mm-hmm. what led you to your interest in cannabis as an adjunct to somatic experiencing
1: well well first i'll say that you know i also agree i think somatic experiencing is a, a very very important piece of the puzzle in terms of working with trauma it's it works great on its own you don't necessarily need cannabis or other psychedelics but they can be useful tools and especially for some people one of the challenges in working with trauma sometimes is getting people in back in touch with their bodies sensations. And cannabis can, and other psychedelics can also facilitate that. The cannabis thing is kind of new in terms of psychedelic therapy. I got into it with studying with maps um, and their use of MDMA and the research is there's a lot of research going on with MDMA right now and trauma, but MDMA unlike cannabis is is not legal yet and also requires a much longer session. Um, You know, MDMA uh, journey sessions or even stuff working with psilocybin or LSD or the other psychedelics require full day experiences, you know, six to eight hours, depending on what you're using. I got interested in the psychedelics because, of um, just all the research that was going on and what was going on with maps and then doing their training and then the cannabis thing kind of came about primarily came about from my own experience with uh, medical cannabis use i had a surgery back in november of last year it was a minor knee surgery but it did require that i go under and i had a little hardware put in my knee (laughs) having done a lot of somatic experiencing for myself um, and that's that's one of the really also really important things about se or somatic experiences that when you go through the training as a as a therapist part of it is getting your own work you know it's very important to do that especially to know what it's like and you kind of learn through your body both as a as a client as you know and also uh, as a practitioner you have to kind of develop that language of understanding body sensation body awareness, Uh, tuning into that level of ourselves that um, society doesn't necessarily encourage. (laughs) Right. Right? So it's kind of something we have to relearn. Basically, you know, I had this surgery and I was like, and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, I should, I should do some SE because I know that even though when you're under, you don't have explicit memory of the event, your body remembers, your nervous system remembers on that deeper level of implicit memory. And how I like to describe implicit memory, since I mentioned it before, it's kind of a a form of implicit memories, like learning to ride a bike or learning to swim. Once you learn implicitly, you never forget. Your your nervous system never forgets. You can not ride a bike for 20 years, get on and and be able to do it just fine. And trauma memory is often both explicit and implicit, but sometimes it's just implicit and you don't remember but Mm -hmm. but you're not explicitly, but your nervous system does. So anyway, uh, back to my little procedure, (laughs) I had this surgery and uh, I had an SE session scheduled the next day and I have a medical marijuana card and I didn't want to use the opiates for pain. Mm -hmm. So I was using marijuana for pain and I was fairly high at the time I did my SE session. I wasn't like stoned out of my mind, but I was because I was in pain. And one of the I was able to remember by doing SE with a skilled practitioner, parts of the surgery that had the body memories came up as you know, how how that happens Mm -hmm. in somatic work. And I was able to go through a really difficult experience of the surgery and I'll describe it in a minute. And what I recognized after was that, wow, that was easier than I thought it would be. And part of you know, somatic experiencing is an exposure technique. It's a very specific kind of exposure where you you, you, you actually go into the trauma memories and in hopes to renegotiate and resolve them. And so I was exposed to this. I had a titanium button put in my tibia, and that required some drilling. And what I remembered in the session was this actual sensation of vibration in my body, like really strong, and it was very uncomfortable, even with the cannabis. (laughs) And I felt it in my spinal cord. And that's where I felt that it was difficult for my body to have that experience. And it it was very uncomfortable. But I was also able to be with it more easily than I think I would have otherwise. And I thought, Oh, this is really interesting. This is allowing me to do this work with more ease, you know, that the of an experience that that you know, I think for anybody would have been hard to remember something like that. After that, I found out that there were other uh, practitioners starting to use cannabis in somatic therapy. The Psychedelic Somatic Institute in Colorado, Saj Razvi uh, has a training there and I haven't taken his training, but I've done a lot of somatic experiencing training and they're using cannabis and ketamine also, which is another option. In conjunction with somatic work, uh, I'm assuming he's trained in SE because his languaging is very SE-like. And so that, and then also uh, having some clients who are using medical cannabis, that's sort of how it all kind of came together.
0: That's really interesting because, you know, I I do have, I do want to say that I do have my medical marijuana card, but I feel like you can access the sensations in your body much easily. When when I heard about this, because I never heard about, you know, this integration, I was like, that makes so much sense because I feel like there are a lot of people who, you know, when I went through somatic experiencing, it was a very even I was kind of skeptical. I didn't think I was really as in touch with my body as I I think I am, but I, all of a sudden things started coming up and it was, it was really powerful. And so I I know that there are some people who are more stuck in their head and don't really feel like I, you know, when I look at some of these, some people I'm like, "Eh, maybe somatic experiencing wouldn't work for you. But then I think, well, if there was this cannabis element to it, maybe because I feel like these are the same people who are like, Oh yeah. You know, my body, my limbs feel weird, but having someone guide them to kind of understand what's going on makes so much sense to me.
1: Right. Right. Well, you bring up some good points there. And I think one of the challenges of somatic approaches is helping people sort of get back in touch with their bodies. And that has to be done slowly in a titrated way because if you have a lot of trauma in your body and you go too fast, it can be too much too fast. Mm-hmm. You know? So, as you know, SE is this sort of titrated approach to working with things so that you build strength over time, build resilience over time. And then, this issue of people being in their heads, where well, most people in our culture are in their heads, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And not very in touch with their bodies. And I think part of that has to do with collective trauma. Also, I was thinking about this morning is that part of that is a management strategy you know part of the reason we go into our heads is to manage to suppress these body sensations these triggers we have Mm -hmm. and 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 kind of manage the unresolved trauma stressors that are and emotions that that are there it's a way of getting away from them and so one of the things that we have to do in in any good uh, psychotherapeutic work, not just trauma work, we have to kind of gently try to remove those management strategies so we can get at the core physiological things and core emotional things that are happening underneath and hope to resolve those in a different way. And that's where we can you know, start to access implicit memory and then also access these fight unresolved fight, flight, and freeze responses that are stuck in our nervous system. Um, And that's where, you know, the gold is, because once you get at those and start to resolve those, then you don't need the management strategies and you don't have to work so hard day to day and suffer so much to try to avoid triggers or manage your stress because Mm -hmm. your body is back in a more non traumatized state and can do it more organically. You don't have to work so hard and This is where people get their lives back, where people start to feel good again, start to feel alive, start to feel positive sensation in their body, start to feel joy more. Uh, They aren't as numb. You get to experience life more as you recover, as you know. So the cannabis uh, is just another tool or another resource to help people get, disinhibit or inhibit their in psychology is called their default mode network, or you can just think of it as your ego, your sense of self,
0: mm-hmm. of your
1: management strategies, <laughs> mm-hmm. and get more in touch with physical sensations, slow down, be more in the present moment. And also, as I had in my experience, it, it also has a, you know, an interesting paradoxical dissociative effect, where it lets you kind of witness yourself from like maybe a little bit removed. And this is where, when you're working through something difficult, it actually gives you a little space from it and a little, a a little, maybe an ability to be with it in a more full way than you could have otherwise. And, And that's where I think it's really helpful for resolving some of these issues.
0: I also did what they paired my somatic experiencing with was somatic experience. Is it somatic experience release
1: or emotional release? Yeah. Yes.
0: Emotional release. Yeah. yeah. So uh, something really fascinating happened. They were blending it with like a cranial sacral.
1: Yeah. Um, which um, I've had training in, by the way. I think I, I mentioned that. So oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. when they were, when they were doing it and I, and I think I may have told you this, they've noticed that there's a lot of knots. something they were like, "Have you have been in a car accident. And I said that I was in a car accident. I told my car when I was 16, And then we talked about that. And then all of a sudden I started getting all these flashbacks of, you know, I remember just thinking, oh, this was just a car accident. I was hydroplaning. But then everything came back to me at that moment when I was on her table and I was like, oh my gosh, I tried to, you know, trigger warning here. um, Mm -hmm. But I tried to overdose before that like I completely because after I I I took all the the medication that I did completely forgot about it mm-hmm. got in my car gotten in an accident you know and for 20 something for 24 25 years I had no idea that's what happened before um, whenever I go back to that car accident, I, I would always say, yeah, I was high hydroplane 25 years later, all of a sudden it was like, no, I remember exactly what happened right before, which I hadn't. And, right. and so it, it's somatic experiencing somatic, emotional release. It's really powerful, powerful, nice. um, therapy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is because it, it accesses that implicit memory, that body memory, um, that's there. Um, but we're not necessarily explicitly aware of it (laughs) until Mm -hmm. we start to process it. And this is what the cool thing about this type of trauma work is that it helps you integrate these sort of jumbled bits of trauma that, that perhaps aren't integrated because you know, your nervous system does weird things when you're under high stress mm-hmm. to protect yourself. And one of the things is this numbing response of freeze, you know, when there's no escape, like in an accident, in a car, you can't fight or flight. Uh, sometimes our bodies try or, or that'll get triggered just because that's how we're designed to function, but it's not actually possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, so by default, in car accidents, is one of these. You know, people tend to freeze, and the freeze, um, you know, is numbing, and it also uh, affects memory a lot. Um, So, as you come out of a freeze response, and you know, you get your sensation back, but you also get a lot of, you can also get a lot of memory back. Um, And and Mm -hmm. so for me too, right? I didn't, I wasn't aware that you know, the, the drilling into my bone was a traumatic piece. It came up in response to actually getting very resourced with my therapist um, and the cannabis helped too. And then, yeah, then you just kind of, it's like when the conditions are right, the trauma can resolve, you know? Mm-hmm. And what we're hoping to do in any good therapy is to create the right conditions. And this is where, you know, the psychedelics and the, you know, the medicines can be part of this. Uh, picture of creating the right conditions at at any given moment so that we can renegotiate trauma.
0: How do you integrate it into your work? Like how how does it, how is it integrated into your session?
1: Sure. Um, So uh, cannabis assisted therapy sessions, because the effect is a little longer than a typical psychotherapy hour. um, I usually recommend people, you know, be scheduled like a two and a half hour session. I'm not licensed to prescribe medications. I'm a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. So basically you would need a medical marijuana card from, you know, and be under the care of a, a licensed provider, such as a psychiatrist, nurse practitioner, anyone who can provide the card and have some kind of, you know, diagnosis for PTSD. And so basically um, I've done this both remotely and in person. Um, The person would use some marijuana at the beginning of the session or soon after. And sometimes do maybe a little bit more an hour in if they need it. Um, But we're talking, you know, low to moderate doses. We're not, um, because being too high wouldn't be conducive to uh, processing. Um, It's just enough to sort of um, help encourage that um, altered state where you're more in the present, uh, more in touch with your body and Uh, again, have a little of the sort of nice effect of the uh, cannabis that gives you a nice resource um, so that you can sort of dive into some difficult, potentially difficult material.
0: And, and, you know, I I heard you mention that cannabis is, is, is it considered a psychedelic therapy? Cause I don't, I don't feel like I've, I've heard that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, cannabis is a psychedelic. Um, we don't tend to think of it that way. I mean, at very high doses, it's, <laughs> it's not a very pleasant psychedelic at high doses. Another reason why <laughs> you wouldn't want to do it. Um, but, but it is a psychedelic from, from my understanding, I'm not a cannabis expert by any means, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that that's the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and because I guess, because maps, you said you got your training from maps and they do, they, they kind of have it under their, their, yeah, uh, they're they're
1: doing some research on cannabis um, I believe, but not, I mean, their main focus right now is MDMA Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then they're also going to be, I think researching psilocybin Um, but I think all the psychedelics have a place. And, um, I think cannabis in particular, uh, having also worked a little bit with ketamine with patients, uh, is very conducive to somatic work. Um, and I've had patients who've, um, done other psychedelics in healing settings with, um, you know, like sitters and stuff like that. And who I've then done, um, cannabis work with and they're, and they've reported to me that, um, it's just as effective or more. <laughs> I mean, part of it is a set in setting, right? Part of it is the mm-hmm. practitioner and the modalities employed with the psychedelics, because even with the other psychedelics, it's not just psychedelics. It's I mean, it's the combination of psychedelics with therapy that that synergistic effect is what makes it so powerful. So just go, you know, I don't recommend people with trauma. just go off and do psychedelics. Um, <laughs> right. right. You know, and it can actually be harmful. And even marijuana, I mean, although it's prescribed for PTSD, I really think that that there could be a lot more benefit of people doing this with under, you know, in a supervised way in therapy because stuff comes up, mm-hmm. you know, when you use it. And and as my clients report and my own experience with cannabis, it does kind of bring your emotions to the surface uh, at times. I mean, it does have that nice pleasurable effect at times and that sort of numbing effect but often it brings up your anxieties and and even your can even bring up your traumas so i think it's safer to do it in the care of a therapist than than on your own if 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 that's what you're working on
0: some people experience paranoia mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. you
1: yeah. know
0: i know dosing can be difficult with marijuana um but i guess if it, if you're kind of getting it from a dispensary you kind of know a little bit more of what you're getting than if you were just getting it off the street. Right. And um,
1: that's why the, I think that's the preferred route for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you can, do you have suggestions for dosing? I know that there's CBD there's THC.
1: Yeah. So technically, you know, that's for their medical provider to tell them, because again, that's not my license, but you know, that said um, CBD does counteract, as we know that the, the paranoia effects of marijuana and also, you know, the paranoia tends to come with high doses of THC, which we aren't Mm -hmm. using in therapy. That said, you know, if some fear or anxiety comes up, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, that may be some implicit memory surfacing, whether it's due to an emotional issue, um, you know, could be just anxiety that, you know, someone's anxiety surfacing, but it could also be Sign Oh, like, hmm, let's explore this a little bit. Maybe there's something connected to this, like a trauma or a stressful event. And so, uh, you know, the way I see that coming up in session is actually potentially a positive thing, because it gives us an opportunity to work through that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my clients have reported who are doing this, and there's just a, you know, a handful at this point. But that it also changes their relationship to doing marijuana on their own, because then when their anxiety comes up when they're doing it on their own or with friends, they have some tools, some SE tools to deal with it in a new way, rather than just trying to ignore it or you know say, oh this sucks, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) a bad a bad marijuana experience. Like it's like no, well maybe there's maybe it can be explored in a different way.
0: You know. I personally um and I and I just started doing this I you know I I go through trauma therapy internal family systems therapy Another um, great
1: technique. <laughs>
0: yes, it is fantastic, but it yeah. is heavy. It's a it's it's you know some for the first like couple of months or several months I um it just my whole day would be shot. Like my my body would be exhausted from the work cuz it was a lot of heavy a lot of really great deep work, but I also, you know, had things that I had to do thir- during the day. So one day when it was just really, really tough um, and, you know, and I, and I, I, my, um my dispensary, they provide, you know, also, you know, in, in pill form and, you know, chocolates and what, and edibles. Um, but what I do love about, getting it at a dispensary is that you can just do like a one-to-one ratio of CBD right. and THC. And I realized when I did that, I didn't, I never felt high. There was one point where I completely forgot that I've taken, I took it, but I was unusually after a trauma session, unusually relaxed. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I know that that is super helpful. Um, when, when going to a dispensary, like What should they be looking for? I know that.
1: Yeah. Well, again, I I think what you mentioned, you know, is a a good having some CBD in your system, I think is helpful. Um, And and there's a lot of research going on on CBD and all the various health effects of it. You know, there are some negative side effects with THC high doses. and you know that we know that the CBD mitigates that. So mm-hmm. I, I always think, you know, for myself, again, I can't make recommendations, mm-hmm. uh, but I think using CBD is a good idea <laughs> with mm-hmm. THC.
0: Well, what is your take when it comes to traditional prescriptions versus plant medicine to to deal with PTSD?
1: Yeah. Well. Um, most of the medications used in psychiatry and um, are to for symptomatic relief.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the psychedelics are used specifically, and we can talk about other plant medicines too, but, um, and you know, a lot of psychedelics are synthetic too. So it's not like they're not, for, I mean, LSD and MDMA were, were created the same way our drugs are created, Um, but they're used differently. They're used to help resolve with therapy the underlying causes of the symptoms. Um, And so sometimes we do need symptomatic relief and sometimes we can use like marijuana just for symptomatic relief. I think the issue is that unfortunately, the plant medicines, because of the way our system is set up, uh, aren't researched as heavily. And there's also this, Problem with uh, research in that you know um, the pharmaceutical model and the scientific model you know can only research one chemical at a time. But we don't have good methods to research a plant that has hundreds of different chemicals in it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, using the science pharmaceutical-based model. That said, you know we have evolved with plants, and so so there's this argument that we've evolved to work with them in an organic way. So I have a little bit of a bias toward using plant medicine myself. Um, but I think both, um, have a lot of value and sometimes, you know, an ibuprofen is what you need or an SSRI is what you need. So I'm not against pharmaceuticals, but I also think we need to spend a lot of more time, um, researching plant-based medicines and finding a way to fund that, um, because most of the funding, well, As most people know, the pharmaceutical industry is really only interesting in things they can patent because that's what they can profit off of. They can't profit off of uh, marijuana in the same way, although I'm sure they're finding ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: I guess it's putting out the fire, right? Like that's what these, um, you know, medications do, but they do help with the symptoms. But like you're saying, it doesn't really resolve.
1: Right. Exactly. It
0: doesn't heal what is causing those symptoms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think psychiatrists and psychologists know that. And, and that's why, you know, usually they'll say, well, you know, do therapy and do medication <laughs> because the therapy is really, you know, what is going to get at it. But now we have these therapy and actual things like, you know, the psychedelics, cannabis, ketamine, uh, MDMA, LSD, et cetera that can actually facilitate a better therapeutic and a more easy and efficient therapeutic experience. And that's really exciting that we actually have some other tools now to help work with therapy.
0: Prior to me going into treatment, it was basically I was on medication and then I would go to talk therapy. And we didn't really talk about D- deep wounds. What right? we didn't go all the way back into my childhood and, you know, talking to my inner child or anything like that. It was very surface based. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this was bothering me last week, and you know, and that wasn't helping. And obviously, it led me to go into residential treatment, thinking mm-hmm. that you know, it's every, it's going to be a lot of the same because I didn't know anything right. else. I thought that this is this is what it is. You know, this is what therapy is across the board. I did love my, my um, therapist. It was basically just talk therapy and, and, and I, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you need to vent. But once I found somatic experiencing and like EMDR, all these things that actually went got to the root of it. I started living a more productive, purposeful life. Well, there are
1: lots of great tools out there now. This is the exciting thing about trauma therapy: is that there are all these really amazing tools, like SC, like EMDR. Uh, I don't practice EMDR, but uh, you know, it's it's this very uh, good technique. uh, IFS, and then I also wanted to mention the touch therapy that you mm-hmm. did, the cranial sacral, also a very powerful approach in helping people um, get in touch with their bodies. And that's another, uh, yeah, a whole nother topic of using touch uh, in therapy uh, can be super powerful. Um, as powerful as using the psychedelics, it can induce uh, altered states very quickly. There's also breath work. I mean, there there are all kinds of things. And this is this is exciting for me as a as a as a therapist because I feel like I, I really have uh, access to a lot of tools to help people and get their lives back as as you described. And that's really what it's about is people getting their lives back, feeling joy, feeling purpose.
0: With us talking about cannabis integrative therapy, you know, why aren't more people thinking about this or are they? And I just don't know, because honestly, I didn't really know much about trauma treatment prior to last year.
1: Well, I mean, personally, I mean, the cannabis thing's very new to me. Like I said, I just am starting to explore this, Um, but it like ketamine, uh, it presents a legal avenue, you know, because with the MDMA and all the other psychedelics, they're in trials right now, but they're not available to the public, right? in any, you know, legal any, way, legal way. I mean, yeah. there's sort of the whole underground world that's available, but you know, there are risks with that. And a lot of the underground sitters, I mean, some of them are very good, but a lot of them are not, maybe don't have all the training they would need. Cannabis and ketamine are two things that, um, you know, cannabis isn't federally legal yet. And I think that's partly an issue. Uh, with it and I, and there's a lot of stigma around cannabis mm-hmm. um, use um and and it's very new you know it's very new i think it's just very new um people are just like me are just starting to explore the potential of using as an adjunct to therapy and i don't think it's for everyone necessarily either you know there are obviously some cases where you wouldn't want to use uh uh, any psychedelics <laughs> at yeah. all in therapy. And, and there are a lot of other tools you can use as well, like as we were discussing previously. So um, but I think it, it really deserves some consideration. And from my initial clinical results um, it, it's been worked with the clients I that have been using it with me. It's been working really well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that ketamine is legal, uh, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. They were, yeah. Ketamine was offered also at my, um, at the treatment center I was at.
1: Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's an interesting one too, because it's offered just as like a medication now. Um, And a lot of the clinics just give it to you and there's no therapy component involved. Um, But the people that I'm, the colleagues that I'm talking to, who are working with it, like the other medicines, I think it's really really much more beneficial to have it in conjunction with therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a much more, you get a synergistic effect and um, it can also be used in the same way um, as cannabis is, you know, in in, in doing SC work. Um, so I have one client who 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 is using ketamine um, uh, under the care of a psychiatrist, but um, he mm-hmm. uses it during our sessions
0: you know, you talk about stigma. Um, and I think that's, that's a really big thing. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I started my podcast. Um, not necessarily, I wasn't focused on the stigma of um, certain um, medications or certain um, therapies like cannabis. You know, my focus at first was the stigma of trauma itself, sexual abuse, all of these things that people are kind of scared to talk about. Why is there so much stigma around cannabis?
1: Yeah, well, I, <laughs> that, that's a that's a <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a deep question, but I, I I mean I think there's a lot of history there. I saw a documentary about this that really uh, answered that question very well that I'd recommend to people. It's called um, I think it's available on uh, YouTube only now. It was on Netflix for a while. It's called The Union, and it talks mm-hmm. about the history of cannabis and and why it became illegal, and um, it's it's quite interesting. I mean I could go into it a little bit. Basically. It wasn't about cannabis, it was about hemp, because hemp is uh, another really interesting topic, which is a non psychoactive cannabis, you know, the stuff that's grown for, uh, you know, you can make paper clothes, um, you can make houses out of it, you can make concrete, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, and it was an industrial crop that was in competition with the cotton industry, the oil industry and the paper industry. And Mm -hmm. the lobbies for those wanted to get rid of hemp because it's a superior product (laughs) um, to cotton and oil was just being used for gasoline and hemp can be used for biofuel and all this and that. So there was sort of this sort of conspiracy against it because by these industries and in that package, cannabis became illegal (laughs) because it's a form of hemp, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that history. There's also the history of the people who use it and, you know, the powers that be. And um, But, you know, I think that's all getting resolved very quickly now as it's becoming more legal. I, hopefully it will become federally legal um, because not just for this application, I mean, cannabis has incredible medical applications. I mean, it just, it's just an incredible plant and it can use for healing and to ease suffering in a lot of different ways. And yes, there are some, like with any medication, there are some things, you know, has to be used mindfully and respectfully and um, not overused. I mean, if you eat too much broccoli, you can get sick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. any plant can make you sick if you consume too much of it. And I think it has to be used. And, you know, in, in terms of using it for therapy, we're talking about using it, you know, at most once a week with a moderate dose, you know, um, so, um, yeah, there is a lot of stigma, but I think that, that that's, that's quickly, um, going away, which I think is a good thing.
0: You know, I, I actually did MDMA, um, assisted therapy and yeah, yeah, and it, it was, it was, Incredible. I, I was, you know, it, was, I, it made me think like I, I it's just such a disservice to not have this available to more people who are dealing with trauma. There is also that stigma. And I remember when I mentioned that I was doing it, there are several people who were like, Oh my gosh, what is it like? Is it like you're in a rave or well, you know, they were just and I, I was just like, it is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And and it all has to do with the set and setting. And I think Absolutely. right, it's with everything with cannabis. Yes. Set and yeah. setting is important.
1: <laughs> I remember the first time I did uh, one of my first sessions with with a client uh, who'd also done MDMA. Um, uh, said to me, um, "Eduardo, you 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 have to tell your clients this isn't like smoking pot with your friends, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a very different experience, and it is that that set and setting. And you know, with MDMA." Um, as many people might know, it wasn't originally a party drug. It was originally a drug that, and and LSD, these substances were used in therapy. Mm -hmm. This is how they were originally used. MDMA has a lot of potential. um, And, and, um, you know, hopefully MAPS is moving that (laughs) along and uh, it will become available because it's very powerful and can be uh, very helpful with the right... Kind of therapy around it. Again, yeah. not not recommending people just try to do it on their own because it does stir up a lot, and and you need a skilled person there to help you move through that stuff. That's where the therapy part is is vital.
0: Right. When we talk about somatic experiencing, we talk about your nervous system, mm-hmm. and it it's just dysregulated by trauma and all of these things. Do you believe that cannabis? has the potential to actually reset your nervous system.
1: Well, I think it's like as we were discussing, it's it's a contributor to creating the right conditions for your nervous system to reset, if you will, or resolve what it's struggling with, okay? So, you know, as you know in somatic experiencing, the theory is that, the, that there's unresolved memories, trauma memories that are interfering in the present, they're telling you that the trauma is still happening, even though it's in the past, because of the way the memory gets encoded when you're in a stressful experience, it's not integrated. And so the cannabis is just one another element that can help create the conditions for you to be able to do good se work, and work through those memories and make sense of them. is really what you're doing. You're making sense of confusing, implicit, very stressful, often very terrifying uh, experiences. And for that, you need a lot of resources. So there's this concept of resources in therapy uh, and in SE, where the resources to work on any given level of trauma, the resources need to be adequate or and then once you have the resources, then you can start to kind of um, untangle the trauma. We can think of cannabis as just another resource for the, for the therapy.
0: Awesome. Well, you've provided me with so much great information. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: Just again, that I, I, I wouldn't recommend doing this or trying to do this on your own. You know, find a good SE person who's willing to do this with you if if you want to look into it. If you want to get in touch with me, um, my website is www.integrativesomatics.com, and my information's there. Um, you can also, if you want to learn more about it, the um, Psychedelic Somatic Institute in, Col- I think it's in Colorado with Saj Razvi, has a lot of information there. There's, there's a podcast with him that goes a little bit more into the uh, physiology of how cannabis works in the nervous system. Uh, hopefully those are some resources that can help people learn more about this other clinicians too. Um, It's an exciting uh, area to explore. So.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes, I did too. Okay.
0: That was Eduardo Cortina, licensed professional counselor, psychedelic integration therapist, and somatic experience practitioner. For more information on Eduardo, please visit a tstpodcast.com. That's the letter A, tstpodcast.com. Also, you can find all my social media platforms there. So please follow. And if you want inspirational stories and everything mental health, please check out Authentic Insider Magazine monthly by subscribing to my website. Thanks so much for being a part of the conversation. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Take care.